Welcome to Spirit School. I'm your mentor, Danielle Serenk, also known as the Squamish Medium. In this podcast, I share honestly all I have learned about the mediumship and spiritual development journey. My intention is to normalize these conversations, to make way for a more confident, clear, and connected wave of lightworkers, serving the world of spirit with an open and joyful soul. Welcome again to Spirit School. everyone. Welcome back to Spirit School for another episode, which is a little bit more business focused because of course I am preparing and about to do my three-month business program, The Calling, which is about spiritual entrepreneurship. And in truth, this has been something I have tried to weave into my podcast for the past year. You'll notice even the image says for, you know, spiritual evolving people and spiritual entrepreneurs. And for me, it's been a lot of healing and a lot of deconditioning to be open and transparent about talking about the business side of spirituality. Because again, much like you heard on the last episode around charging for your services, there are not a lot of spiritual teachers or mentors, especially in the mediumship space, who treat their practices like a business and teach about the business side of this practice because it is in every other aspect of its being. (laughs) It is a business. So today I wanted to talk about scheduling. And more particularly, I wanted to talk about what I call Goddess Week, where I have been able to create a business and life that allows me to take off a week every single month, which when I quit corporate in 2020 was a goal, but I just couldn't see how it would happen. So I'm going to start by talking about my goddess week because I have been mentioning it on Instagram. I've had some questions around it. The guilt I felt around taking a week away from my membership every single month was overwhelming, but the response I got from those incredible divine beings was miraculous. Like they were basically saying like, thank you for showing us that this is possible. Thank you for being a role model here. I was not expecting that. So I think sharing more about this type of stuff in Spirit School, the podcast, because I already talk about it in my courses, my programs, and my membership, makes sense. So here I am talking about Goddess Week, which really kind of will lead into the conversation around scheduling in your own spiritual practice. And again, I'm going to talk about some things that I struggle with and experience, and then also talk about some things for you to think about if you are currently doing this work part-time or full-time or are wanting to and desiring to. And I do believe based off of my career these past two years, because I would say about 80% of the people who hire me, hire me for business mentorship and for quality of life, which obviously includes all the pillars of life when it comes to relationship, family, housing, career. So let's get started. What is my goddess week? Goddess week is the fact that I take off a week every single month. I've experimented with time off in the past because in the corporate world, I don't know if things are very much the same or different in Canada and the US because that's where the majority of my listeners are. People over in Europe are just laughing because they get like, we get six weeks off the bat. And companies here really in Canada, I should say, have to give you like two weeks, right? And two weeks off, out of 52 in a year. So you're working 50 weeks and then you get two weeks off. 
is the furthest thing from work-life balance I could even think of. And the fact that you spend the majority of your waking time at work, plus only getting two weeks off a year. And, you know, by the time I left corporate, I had four weeks off because I'd worked there for almost 10 years. And the longer you stay and show your loyalty, the more perks that you get in the way of time off, not money, but time off. And I will say that I got really used to working those structures. I think we all have and we all do. But when I first heard a podcast from somebody, I'm not going to name them because I don't recommend them, but I did end up hiring them as a coach. And the reason why I hired them as a coach is because on their podcast, they talked about doing a flex week, which is taking one week off a month. And I hired this person quite a bit of money when I first started going full time because I'm like, show me the way. (laughs) Like, I would love to take a week off a month. But because I was still didn't have a whole lot of evidence that I could make a living doing this full time, I was way too scared to. But what I did do for my first year and a half in my business was I would take two weeks off every other month. So usually on the back end of a program, I would take two full weeks off. And that was really nice too. So I was still able to take like 12 weeks off for 2020, well, I would say between mid-2020 and mid-2021, because I obviously went full-time in like March, and I really kind of like hustled for those first few months to kind of get my practice full-time off the ground, and I'm really glad I did. That was a really nice balance as well, but I did find that through my cycle and tracking my cycles, I'm very passionate about that, not just my menstrual cycles, but I have a whole lesson in the Spirit School Collective, I think it's month three, When you renew on month three, you get downloaded a whole lesson and workbook I created just on understanding your cycles as a light worker. And so what I found was by, you know, pre-planning those two weeks off every couple months, more often than not, I actually didn't feel like I needed it. Like for some reason, I just mismatched the timing that by the time my two weeks were coming off, I actually was like really into work and I really wanted to be there, but I wanted to also keep my commitment. You guys know how I feel about commitments to myself and really do take that time off. So I did take that time off, but I didn't always feel ready for it. So then, as you guys know, because I've been talking a little bit more openly about this on the podcast as well, that I suffer with PMDD. And I'm saying suffering because I do suffer with PMDD. Go look it up, PMDD. But basically, after I had my son and I almost died carrying my son and then the traumatic birth around my son, Ever since then, I started noticing, and I didn't tie it to my cycles, my menstrual cycles for years, and it was actually my therapist that highlighted it for me, but I remember seeing a naturopath the month before I went back to work in Canada, we get a year off paid leave when we have babies, right? It's just now it's actually 18 months, but it used to be a year. And I remember going about to go back to work and seeing my naturopath and saying, if I am this angry at work, they will fire me. I need to deal with this anger. I have nothing to be angry about. My spiritual practice had taken off. I was doing what I loved. I was about to go back into a career that I loved, you know, working in indigenous health and healing. Plus, I'd gotten Squamish Medium, like booked and really excited there. I had no real reason to be that angry. And so that started my journey with trying to live life with PMDD. And I didn't know it was PMDD for many more years. It was actually being with one therapist for many years who pointed out to me, you have PMDD (laughs) because she was able to see me through my cycles. When I finally started researching it, I was like, whoa, this is totally what I have. And you know, it does come with unaliving ideation and it comes with 
The sense of anger that is not psychological, it's physical. So my body reacts as if it is under attack. So I feel rage, even though I'm not thinking about something that is enraging. To give you an example of the extremity of this, if anyone has worked with me, you guys know me now. I've been doing this podcast for almost three years. I consider myself to be a grounded, level-headed, practical person, without a doubt. But one day my son spilt a glass of water and I cried all day. I actually had to cancel my classes, my clients, and I literally cried all day. Another time I almost initiated a divorce because my husband took my daughter's thermos to work. And I literally went as far as dividing assets in my mind and a schedule to be with the kids part-time, which I would never, I couldn't imagine choosing that. It's something like, I feel like you would have to be hand really backed into a corner, but I was there (laughs) because of a thermos. So just to give you a couple examples of how extreme my PMDD was, and I did interview the woman who created the Stardust app, and I do recommend that to anybody because what I was looking for was an app that would track my cycle so I could time when my PMDD would be happening, because I can't work (laughs) when that is happening. And there have been too many times I have called my assistant crying in the morning saying, I'm so angry. I'm so upset. I can't work today. And she would have to cancel my client sessions and my classes for a couple days. And so I would use the Stardust app and I didn't want to track my fertility. I'm done with babies. I don't want to know with a baby carriage and this cute pink, like I'm too angry for that. I need dark. I need moody. I need to be able to track my rage. And that's what the Stardust app did. So through doing that app and understanding like, whoa, it's usually five days before my cycle. Sometime in those five days before my cycle for me personally, I have in the PMDD world what is called hell week. And I have tried for years, I know you're listening, there's a beautiful naturopath who has sent me quite a few emails with different resources and things to try. And I've tried uh, microdosing psilocybin, I've tried macrodosing psilocybin, I've tried Dutch test and understanding where my dopamine, my serotonin, my estrogen, my progesterone is. I've tried taking supplements to try to balance all that out. And everything works for a little bit, but it always comes back. So last November, I had an experience that I will talk about one day on the podcast, but probably a couple years from now (laughs) because it's a lot to digest and I'm still very afraid of a lot of people's judgments. But I had an experience where this thought came in because I'm very masculine in nature. I know I look very feminine and I am very feminine in a lot of ways, but I operate in my masculine in my career quite a bit. I love the doing. I love leaning in. I love systems and processes. And I do operate for the majority in my masculine, but much of the attraction, much of the abundance, much of the alignment is actually when we're in our feminine. And I had this thought in November, I wonder if my PMDD is sustained because I refuse to honor my feminine. And that thought kind of came in and it feels very true to me. And so I thought about myself and I thought like, how can I structure my life to be a way that I can honor my cycles and honor my feminine and my, you know, divine feminine side. Even talking about this shifts my energy, just so you guys know. And I was like, well, I've always wanted to take a week off a month. And hello, I need a week off to honor my PMDD cycle. So the goddess week was born. I was like, I have years of tracking my cycles to actually be able to predict for a whole year 
when I need my goddess week, when my PMDD is going to spike. And so I decided to structure my entire business this year in 2022 to include a week off a month, which I am calling instead of hell week, I'm calling it goddess week, (laughs) where I am literally going to honor my feminine. And I will tell you that I love it. (laughs) I love it that every month, because I love working and I can tend to be a bit of a workaholic and I do love to serve and I do love to overgive and I love all 200 of my clients I have right now. But having a week to myself to look forward to with no plans, no agenda, no task list is something that is so foreign to me because I have always been in the corporate world or the nine to five world. And this is a whole new concept that I've only ever heard one person talk about before. And I never thought it was possible for me, but I gave it room to breathe. And then two years into entrepreneurship, I realized I could do whatever I want. <laughs> I'm like, literally. And that's what I love about entrepreneurship is that it's creative. It's not prescriptive. So when you look at programs like The Calling, it's not a prescriptive program because I know how much flexibility and spaciousness we need to balance that serving and preserving, right? So I consider my goddess week to be my time of preservation. It's a time where I can be messy without having to consider other people. Because when we're doing the spiritual work, we're always considering other people constantly until we learn that preservation actually serves all. And so the first two months of my goddess week, the first month I had COVID. (laughs) So I was literally forced in bed for an entire week. And I think I needed that because I was launching the initiation. I was launching my um, two masterminds, which you haven't heard about because only my membership knows about those. I pivoted in my membership. I got rid of metamorphosis and I started doing embodied one-on-one where I only took two one-on-one clients for the year. Everything was changing in my business. And I also think that my immune system got to a point where it was shot, where I couldn't really fight off the COVID either. And so I ended up in bed on my first goddess week and I was really stressed out because I was sick for two weeks. So I had to postpone (laughs) a lot of things, my masterminds, my one-on-one clients, but I did make myself better for the launch of the initiation, but I was still recovering from COVID. And then the second month I did my goddess week, which was February, I didn't honor my own boundaries. And I did something I said I would not do, which was go on social media. And sure enough, I checked a DM from one of my favorite clients and I got triggered to high hell. I was so triggered that on top of what PMDD does for me and what I experienced in that DM, I spent the entire goddess week in a fight or flight space and not psychologically keep in mind, it's how my body reacted. I need to read that book, The Body Keeps Court, keeps coming up for me. And my body was in a fight or flight the entire goddess week. So the first two months were far from replenishing. But when I went into my last goddess week, so in March, my goddess week was very peaceful. It was beautiful. And it was like, so supported by my clients. A lot of people were watching me and I knew I had to honor my boundaries, stay healthy so I can enjoy a whole week off myself. And I can't tell you what I did, but I know I rested. And I also know that, you know, I went through a lot in March with family health stuff, as you know, from a couple episodes, but it also gave me the spaciousness to be there for my family, which only astrologers will get this, but, you know, a Capricorn South node and a Cancer North node really prioritizing family above all else is part of my karma to do here. And so it actually gave me the spaciousness, aka the permission to really just solely focus on family unapologetically. And that was awesome as well. 
And then in April for our goddess week, I took my kids to the West Edmonton Mall, Disneyland of the North, a mall, (laughs) but it's a really fun mall. And my kids are at a great age for it. So I actually took my family on a trip like that week without having to reschedule anything, without having to bump anything, without having to move anything. Stress-free. I broke my toe first day, but we don't need to talk about that. And guess what? The two months that I focused on family for both months and I took my family on a trip, I didn't experience any PMDD rage. Not a word of a lie. So here I am recording this, you know, two weeks before my next goddess week. And this is going to be a goddess week where I have no plans. But you know what? I do want to go see my best friend in Malibu, Malibu Medium. So I know one of my goddess weeks is going to be spent traveling there. And I will tell you that the freedom that I feel to be me, to be messy, to have spaciousness, and my income hasn't gone down at all either doing it like this. And then on top of that, the benefit of showing the people who are watching me closely what is possible for them, like this very well may be a new norm in the spiritual entrepreneurship space. I don't know, but I definitely have to walk that path first. So it was scary. Honestly, a lot of my fears around this were the judgment of my clients because I was also having to go through a big pivot in my business where I just wasn't able to be as accessible to everybody as I used to be because, of course, I have a lot more clients now. And when I look at, you know, I talked in the last episode about that like time and energy exchange and that energy and energy exchange, I finally got into a point in my practice and my love of myself, my self-worth where I'm always going to choose me first. So this incorporating Goddess Week into my business was a choose me first activity. And it was one way that I was able to express myself. I love you. I love myself and I honor myself. And so I wanted to just share that on Instagram in particular, possibly through the newsletter as well, I will be sharing a lot more about my Goddess Week. And this very well may be a way that I cure my PMDD because nothing else has worked. Though I haven't tried antidepressants because I'm not a candidate for it. I don't want to take antidepressants for one or two days that are bad when I have like, you know, 26 to 29 that are great. And my doctor wouldn't even recommend it to me anyways. But that's the only thing I haven't really tried. If this is it, I don't even know what to tell you. I'd be very excited about that. So I'm only on month four (laughs) and I'll keep you posted on this. But this really leads into scheduling when it comes to your spiritual businesses and your spiritual practices, okay? Because understanding your cycles as a light worker is so important to get the clarity you need to make the most aligned decisions to serve spirit, yourself, and your clients in the best way for all involved. So that's the number one thing you have to consider when it comes to your schedule in your practice. At a more basic level, looking at things like Do you prefer to do readings in the morning, afternoon, or evenings on weekends or weekdays? It's very important to experiment here and try what will really work for you. I know for me, the evolution of my practice is I love doing readings in the mornings because I don't like thinking about them all day, right? And so with my demonstrations, that was a huge thing. I've only done two. I might start doing them again in person. I I haven't done them online because I haven't attended demonstrations online that I feel make the same impact that they make in person. So just so you know, and I will be doing them in person again when COVID kind of figures itself out a little bit more. But I did them at seven o'clock at night on a Saturday 
because I saw other people doing them at seven o'clock at night on a Saturday. But guess what? I'm with my kids all day on Saturdays and they are young and they are needy. I was wiped. And then I had all day to like think about them. Guess what? If I look at how I actually operate my business, I would probably choose to do a demonstration of mediumship on a Tuesday or Wednesday at like 11 a.m. Honestly. And guess what? The old me would have been like, no one's going to come. And guess what? The evidence shows me that they will. (laughs) That was one of the hardest things. When I first, actually, I didn't even think about talking about this, but this completely links into scheduling. But because my early days of doing readings for the public were always on Saturdays and Sundays because I had a nine to five job. When I went full time, it was because I wanted to be with my family. So I wanted to actually not work on evenings and weekends anymore. But this belief in my head that no one would take a reading at 10 a.m. on a Wednesday was very deep. But guess what happened? I started scheduling my appointment times during school hours and only one person in all my years of doing this now, you know, two years, all my years, two years <laughs> has ever complained about not having availability on weekends. Just one person. Even in my membership, I have tested this. I used to always do at least one weekend activity a month to make sure that the people who had like jobs would be able to attend something live. Because most of the stuff in the membership, people just catch the replays, to be honest with you. But time and time again, I tested this. I tested this. I get lower attendance on weekends than I do on weekdays. My sweet spot is Fridays. Everyone can attend on Fridays. For some reason, people make space on Fridays to be able to come, whether they have nine to five jobs or not. So I stopped trying to over accommodate other people and what I think other people will be able to squeeze in. Because guess what the truth is? People want to go out and do stuff on weekends. (laughs) And I almost, for the calling, I almost made it Saturdays right? Running it from May to August on Saturdays. I almost did. And I mentioned it on Instagram. And then I thought, I'm like, who the hell wants to be inside during summer on a Saturday afternoon? So I made it Wednesdays because that's a good time for me. That's a time where I know based off of years of data and research that people can usually make those times pretty easy. It doesn't matter what time zone because I'm an international teacher. And so I have people from all time zones around the world attend my stuff. So I do try to do things later in the afternoon because my podcast does really well in Australia and New Zealand. And I always have registrants from Australia and New Zealand. So I do things later in the afternoon and that actually works for me better because I don't like working before noon. To be honest with you, I don't like doing client sessions or classes before noon anymore. I really like the spaciousness of the morning to not have to hurry to get ready to go to the gym if I want, which I never do. But I do take the dog to the river every morning. I play with her for an hour and I like time to kind of like ease into my day. And so I actually now only do two time slots, 12 to 1 or 1.30 and 1 to 2.30 or 1.30 to 2.30. And that's it for my client facing things. But for a online business, showing up face-to-face is actually only a very small portion of what I need to do to execute an online school, a podcast, a membership community with 100 people, my programs, my one-on-one clients, a social media presence. I would say that the actual sessions, if you want a business that kind of looks like mine or similar to mine... That's only a little bit of the work we actually have to do. So that's kind of what I do in the mornings. And I actually don't take any clients on Mondays. 
because Mondays are kind of my days to be free and like kind of plan the week ahead, get what I can done so that I can spend the rest of the week trying to be as spacious as possible. So I was only able to get that clarity when I really kind of started tracking and looking at how I was running my practice from a lens of, does this benefit me? And therefore, if it benefits me, it's going to benefit my clients, like just by way of energetics, right? What's good for me is good for you. It's good for us, right? And that's a quote by Melanie Ann Lear, just to give her full credit. So here's what happens before we fully are embodied in our worth and, you know, certain of what we have to offer the world. Here's what happens. And all of you will be able to feel me on this if you've experienced it. If not, it will probably be coming for you. What happens is we set these boundaries, right? Boundaries are so important as a light worker. And what we do is we don't honor those boundaries. And so I will have clarity that I don't like working weekends. I don't like working evenings. I just want to work during school hours so I can honor the commitment I made to myself and be with my family more, right? And then have predictable working hours. But then what happens is I meet somebody who applies for a mentorship and I adore the hell out of them and I really want to work with them, but they're only available at dinner time. And I always made accommodations. And then these were always the experiences that unfortunately they didn't get the best out of me. And unfortunately, I maybe have been like a little bit tired or the lighting would be off and I wouldn't be able to present myself in a way that I really hold high standards in my business around when you show up for a session with me. There's a beautiful background. I'm fully present in your space. You get the best of me. I do myself up. It's actually when I look my prettiest is when I'm showing up to work and serve the world of spirit. And that's not for you, by the way. That is for the world of spirit. It's actually how I signify to them that I take my work seriously and that I am going to show up as the best version of myself and that they can continue to trust me with their people because I do take it to that level. But then when I don't honor my boundaries and the commitments that I've made to myself, I suffer energetically and therefore the client also suffers. So there is an aspect of people pleasing that we have to overcome when it comes to honoring our cycles by our schedules, right? And so we have to stop making accommodations and like putting in brackets here, like fitting people in because it works for them. It has to work for us too. Because the truth is I have had to move things, take half days off or take a couple flex hours off to be able to meet my coaches and mentors because I have to honor their schedules in their time zones, you know? And so we have to do that ourselves if we want to be respected in that way. We have to respect ourselves first, right? The other thing you have to consider when you're thinking about cycles and schedules is do you have a system in place, right? Do you have a system in place for people to be able to book, for people to be able to prepay, And this makes it a more professional, elevated, and seamless experience for you and your clients and your brand, right? And it's unavoidable. We talk about a brand in the calling, a whole class just on your brand, because when you are a reader, like I'm Squamish Medium, that's a brand. We can't get away from it. It's us. It's our brand. I have two brands in my business. I have me, Squamish Medium, and then I have Spirit School which is actually the brand I'm investing in and expanding and growing on. And so when I want people to experience a session in my brand, whether it's a masterclass, whether it's a spirit circle in the community, or whether it's a one-on-one session, you know that you're going to have a seamless booking. You're going to have a reminder. You're going to be able to prepay so that you have comfort to know that your space is safe and it's booked and it's in the books. 
right? And then you also, when I come on camera, you can tell that I'm taking this seriously and that's a very professional and quiet setting, okay? I've attended classes, no judgment because I still got a lot out of this class, but I was shocked that like the facilitator was actually like in their car teaching. You know, I've had people like in the airport, like taking a call and teaching and you won't get that with my brand. And for some people that's amazing. And to them, that means that they are living their entrepreneurial dream because they are doing it their way. For me, I have very high expectations around if you invest in a Squamish medium or spirit school program that you're beginning to end. I hope and pray that that is going to be a seamless and professional and elevated experience. And I'm getting better at it. It's not perfect. When I first launched my membership, it was really messy. I was doing everything through PayPal. And so nothing was automated. And I'm still kind of dealing with some of that hangover now in my business, but I am improving and getting better. And Spirit School is going to have an online store soon so that people who come into my one-year mentorship or a year of Spirit School are going to get like student packs and stuff like that. And I'm constantly looking at how to make the Spirit School and Squamish Medium experience a more elevated and expansive experience. I'm committed to that so much. But it all started with a booking system. It all started with what I called in my business early on, a personal assistant, which was Acuity. And I run through in the calling on how to use that and talk about some of the comparable products that are out there around that because there's so many options now that I'm aware of. But that was the first time I was able to really kind of honor my schedule. And so if people just have a link and they're like, oh, this is her availability, it really eliminated some of those conversations I would have in my DMs like, oh, I'm working at that time. Can you make any other time fit? I don't have to deal with that anymore because the truth is until I really found my self-love and my self-worth. No seemed offensive. When we really look at it, no is simply an act of self-love. And I didn't have the courage to say no to a lot of people. So having this kind of like system in place to honor my schedule is very imperative in your business. So do you have one, right? I know one of my really good friends, I adore her. We haven't talked in actually like a year and a half, but I'm still going to consider her to be one of my really good friends. But up until, I mean, she still may well be doing this, but she would just have a journal, like have a journal and keep her appointments that way and who's paid, who hasn't, et cetera, et cetera, which really works for her. But one day her car got broken into and that book got stolen and she books out like six months in advance. I just can't even wrap my head around that. I don't even know what I would do. I would have to start over. I would have to just lean into trust and say, okay, you paid. Okay. I'll give you the refund. You know, like I just couldn't even imagine my Virgo heart just goes pitter patter with that. My Virgo heart goes pitter patter. Can't handle that. Right. And then we also want to look at, you know, are you aware at this level, whether you're doing a part time or full time, how many readings you can actually do in a week and make a living? Are you aware of that? Like in the calling, I have a tool that works all that out for you. So you can kind of get a reality check when I went through this exercise even though I had like two strings of income and I felt like I was charging my worth at the time, I realized really quickly, wow, either I need to do more readings or I need to increase my prices. What does my schedule accommodate, right? Because I'm still healing a lot of my money wounds, my wounds around charging my worth. Immediately, I would go to doing more readings. But then when that wasn't possible, I had to go through the healing process to actually increase my prices. That was really scary, but necessary to be able to fulfill my dreams and like do this work. And that's what this is about. It is serving the world of spirit and that should be at the core of everything that we do. But we are still having this human experience 
And I know all of you want to do something that you are passionate about, but it's not as easy as just going into doing this readings full-time or part-time. There's a lot of healing that comes with it as well. And this is just one of those things. So looking at how many readings you can actually do and what those prices are, and will that pay for your development? Will that pay for your rent or your mortgage or your food bill or whatever your living expenses are? And so we have to actually, and I will be touching a lot on this in the calling too, is like around privilege, right? Like I entered my business in a very privileged space. I did not grow up with privilege, you know, societal privilege in a lot of ways, being like lower income, you know, a lot of different things. I don't need to talk about it all, but by the time I left, I owned a house. I didn't have to worry about applying for a mortgage. You know, I had access to a lot of credit. So like if shit hit the fan, I would have a safety net, though it would put me in debt. I still had that safety net. And I really want to acknowledge the privilege that I had when I made the leap because I don't think leaping is a cookie cutter and it's a one size fits all. And so when we look at programs like the calling not being prescriptive, it's because of that reason. If I have 50 people coming into this program, I have to understand that everybody's coming in from a different level of privilege or disadvantage. And so I really try to create my programs and services to embody and be for everybody. So when we do exercises like this, it's because I can't say you need to charge this to make this and then you'll be able to survive because guess what? Squamish is one of the most expensive places in the world to live. My mortgage is a million dollars for a duplex. A million dollars for some people in the States can get them 20 acres of land in certain areas. So that formula will look different for everybody, right? And so I want you to just be really aware of that as I'm talking about these type of things. So. In summary, when we talk about my goddess week, which hopefully inspires you a little bit and how important, you know, cycles and scheduling is in your practice. And it's a really under talked about and underrated piece of the entrepreneurial space is you need to find when you love to work and when you feel most connected and stick with it. And that's cycle tracking and that's experimenting with your schedule. No is an act of self-love. Saying no to people because it doesn't fit and fitting in with them is one of the lessons we will all have to encounter at some point. Some of us, it will be a struggle and for some of us, not so much. And we will all have a lot of deconditioning to do from the ways of our ancestors. The industrial revolution in North America really brought in this concept of like time and money exchange, like work, 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 nine to five. Sundays off, et cetera, et cetera. And when we're in the entrepreneurial space, we get to do whatever the fuck we want. And I'm sorry to swear, but I had to use it here. I didn't think that when I first started. I was still working in the constraints of da, 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 school hours, da, 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 when that's actually not true. I could choose to work a Saturday and my husband won't divorce me. I could choose to work evenings and I would be fine. We get to choose what we want to do in this path. And that's what I want to teach in the calling is showing you and giving you the permission slips you need to create a spiritual practice that serves your human and serves your spiritual evolution, not just serving the public and serving spirit because it's a three-way thing. Of course, we need to serve spirit. Of course, we want to serve the public. But where do we fit in with all of this? And that's kind of what this episode is about. And I hope that through this episode, you will have received something inspirational, something that's helpful for you. And I thank you for listening in. Thank you for hearing my story. Thank you for your feedback, your ratings, your reviews, all that fun stuff. 
And I hope to see you in spirit school. If you want any information on the calling, registration is open until I think like May 15th. Hit the link below and I hope to see you in spirit school. Did you know that spirit school is not just a podcast? It's an actual school. If you go to myspiritschool.com, you can invest in self-study courses, live programs, and of course the spirit school collective, my baby, my monthly membership community. All spirit school offerings are intended to get you feeling clear, confident, and connected to your spiritual path, your development journey, and of course, connected to other spiritual curious souls who are having similar experiences to you. I hope to see you in spirit school.